You're listening to Hello Francis, a podcast for curious creatives and nano entrepreneurs who seek knowledge, purpose, and community. Hello Francis is brought to you by the creative firm and solutionist agency, Francis Roy. Our lineup of guests, friends, and mentors candidly share their diverse wisdom and experience. We do all of this in less than 30 minutes. Let's get started. Hi guys, you're listening to Hello Francis. I'm your host, Chantel Dedicky. And I have a friend here with me today. You guys are going to love him. I love him. I have... Um, I love you too. Oh, thanks so much. I have Jonathan Jernigan with Apex Web Solutions. He's the owner of Apex Web Solutions. And we really, up to this point, have not talked about websites at all, but they're huge. And in my mind, in this area, like, you're the king. Thank you for being here. I'm super excited to be here. Thank you for saying that. So I appreciate kind. it. I know. I'm so excited that you're here. It's so kind of you to be here. You and I have been talking a lot lately. Which is exciting. Definitely. And I love when you get with other like creative business owners and you guys talk collaboration. Like we've been talking collaboration. We've been talking ideas, like all kinds of fun stuff. And in the middle of that, I'm like, now every conversation that I have that I feel like is just super enlightening and brilliant, like let's take it to the podcast. I love it. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. Anytime I think of something cool like that, I'm like, this would be a great podcast discussion. Yes, I love it. So let's. Well, then we'll add to the list like when your podcast is coming up. I I honestly want to, but I don't want to do that. (laughs) Yes, you're like that's one more thing to do. Right. I'm so glad that you're here. Let's talk about you. Will you please introduce yourself to our audience and then your business as well? Sure. So my name is Jonathan Jernigan. My company is called Apex Web Solutions. I've lived in this area my entire life. I've been in Destin, basically, since I was a baby, and um, (laughs) just recently moved to Niceville Blue Water. Been here about a year and a half. Totally on board the Niceville train now. I like getting back in our little bubble. But anyway, I went to school here and didn't... Well, I was originally going to go to college in Pensacola at UWF, Okay. but got a job offer from a company here locally, worked for them for a couple years, a computer company. And my school track was actually computer science. I was going to go down the, the okay. like penetration testing computer science route. But I just decided that I was going to, you know, I'd been working for this company for a couple of years and they offered me a job, um, did an internship with them. And then I just was like, well, I mean, I guess I'll do this and skip college. Um, I love this story so, so much. Yeah. So yes. we, I actually went to the collegiate high school here at the mm-hmm. state college. So I had a two-year degree, but... You know, I, to, to be a proper computer science person, you have to have at least a bachelor's, if not more. Right. But I just decided there's going to come a point where the, the experience outweighs the degree. Mm-hmm. And by that point, I'd already worked for them for two summers, two internships. And now they were offering me the, this paid position. And so I left and worked for them for about three years mm-hmm. and then immediately decided that I could, you know, quit and do it better and leave. And, mm-hmm. and uh, it would be this miraculous transformation of just, you know, riches and it was amazing like independent journey and quickly realized that it's nothing close to that you know as soon as you leave yeah um but what i did realize was that everybody had and let me say this i left with the intent to do computer repair that's what i did there i focused on macs and so i I decided i'm gonna i'm gonna do computer repair i'm gonna do like mac training basically Mm. and nobody was calling me for that but everybody would say do you do websites and I, would, I was turning it down for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then I started to think, wait a second, what, what am I doing? Everybody is asking about websites. Nobody cares about the computer stuff. Yeah, people just so, throw computers away. I know. And they're and, like, I'm done with this computer, I need to upgrade. And everybody wanted it done yesterday. And yeah. you know, you're driving all over town and, and some days you get one job and then weeks go by and nothing comes in. Yeah. So it was, it was taxing in that sense. But then 
In 2015, I trans transitioned to just websites exclusively. Okay. From then on, I just decided I'm not doing any more computer stuff. And here we are. I so, love that. Yeah. I think it's I think it's a really great lesson to to listen to your customer because you know we help startups and we are a startup. And so we're still learning as well. And what Francis Roy started out as, I mean, we're still doing the core of that. Right. But really listening to your customer because you could uncover, definitely you'll uncover a need, but it, it redefines what you do. Not how you do it, but what you do. Yeah, that end result for sure. Yeah. And, and I'm still figuring out my process and what mm -hmm. the, the packages look like and all the intricacies of it. But in, in you know, the ultimate kind of, product, the end result mm -hmm. is uh, a strong website for these businesses. And then the other thing is not trying to be all things to all people, because mm -hmm. I think people in our space have a tendency to be like, I do websites, graphic design, print and promo, I do, I've seen people in my space offering credit card processing. I'm like, what are yeah. you doing? That's not... Don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so for me, it's focusing specifically on WordPress website design mm -hmm. and then Google. So both sides of it, kind of the, the SEO as well as the paid ads. And that's yeah. it. Not trying to do so anything else. And um, there's people that are excellent, like you guys, in, in branding and graphic mm -hmm. design. There's other people that are excellent in social media. And I just I just realized they're so different. Each facet is completely different that it doesn't make sense to try to cross those wires. Well, and I, I think, too, there even in our services deck, there are things where I'm like, I think ultimately we're not going to do that anymore. And, yep. you know... And the agility piece being there as well, because what if that goes away entirely? And then you have to completely redefine the landscape of your business. Yeah. Just being willing to jump when those opportunities either arise or they dissipate as well. And um, being willing to say, okay, whatever's next and that's what we're going to do. I think that's why, from a branding perspective, core values are so important because as you said, you know, when you're for everyone, you're really for no one. That's so true, yeah. And but and people tend to buy people, which I think is really what draws people to you, Jonathan. You're very approachable. You're so I was kinda hearing your name in whispers, mm. like, you know, and the Maddie Kelly board and they're like, We have to get Jonathan on our board. <laughs> we have to you know, Dion, like the guys, I call them the wolf pack, Kevin, they're like, Oh, they totally you know, the rotary guys were talking about you, how you redefine their website and everything and I was like, who is this person? And then I met you and I was surprised because I deal with a lot of website people. I would say usually they're not very approachable. Right. And they're not really willing to spend any time making you feel like you're not an idiot because you need their service. I think they're really great website people out there. Of We've course. worked with them for sure. But in this area, I was just like, oh, what a breath of fresh air that you were, that you were like so willing to teach, but then also be like, mm, but I'm really the expert, so maybe you should just let me do it, <laughs> which is, you know, a really good mix. Oh, so, so the name of your business is Apex. Yes. Will you tell our audience, like, I'm, I think everyone's curious, like, how people name their businesses. Is there a backstory to how you name your yeah. business? Okay. And, and it's a little bit unique. I, I like it. So Apex is not, in my business name, it's not like the tip of a mountain, like you would think, you know, like okay. Apex or Point in that sense. Um, I'm a huge car racing fan. I love Formula One racing. Okay. And um, it's like the only sport I follow. I follow it extremely in depth. All my family knows. It's like a, it's a, it's a serious addiction for sure. Okay. Every time I sit down, I'm not going to Facebook. I'm going to check the, the Formula One subreddit. On really? The subreddit. Yeah. Like, That's super cool. It's, it's an addiction for sure. But 
on on a racetrack, the apex of a corner mm -hmm. is basically the midpoint. It's the point in the corner, if you can imagine, like, turning the steering wheel, where you're no longer turning into the corner, you're kind of, like, straightening the wheel out. You're leaving the corner at that point. So, in my sense, which I've never really been able to kind of capture um, in, in terms of branding, has just been, like, you know, we are your digital turning point. We are, like, mm. your, your business's turning point online. That's a great um, tagline. So, I... I mm. Um, I, the other tagline I work with is your business accelerated. Mm. So like, you know, you would be accelerating out of the corner basically. I like that. So it's kind of connected with cars and, and, um, I don't really like, you know, I'm not posting pictures of cars like on my business Facebook page or anything, Yeah. but that's kind of the, the backstory. I kind of always envisioned that it was like a predator thing and you were just eating the competition. <laughs> so. There's a certain element to that behind the scenes. But. Right. So I was like, oh, okay. That, I did not know that story. That's yeah. such a cool thing. And I did not know you were a Formula One fan. I love it. Yep. That is so interesting. Well, I want to talk a little bit about websites because I think they can be controversial. Absolutely. Every Kind of like social media, everybody thinks they can just do it, which they, to a certain degree, they certainly can. I think you make a very critical decision, like for us, between um, we, you know, good branding and branding that just kind of gets you your name out there, a good design, and then just you know, throwing th some things together or whatever. People are doing the best they can. Obviously, you're yeah. a small business, but how critical? People will ask us, "Do I need a website? How critical is a website?" I would say it's it's essential. I mean, it's right. it's the hub of your business, effectively, mm -hmm. and in the sense that like. Facebook and all of the social media platforms you could name are incredibly important, but I would argue not as important as the website because mm. wherever somebody finds you, they're going to go discover your website in whatever capacity. They're going to get to it from Facebook. They'll find you in Google. Mm -hmm. They'll see it on your business card and go to it. It's it's the hub for your business. Mm. And I know all of us do it. And, and you know, if we're looking for like auto repair or like a, a you know, restaurant or anything, we're going to go to their website regardless of who it is Definitely. before we even pick up the phone. Mm -hmm. So to me, it's, it's essential, but there is a balancing act between the cost and the value you're going to get out of it initially. Mm. It's kind of like starting a social media campaign. If, if you expect it's going to work overnight, it's really the wrong approach. Mm -hmm. it's, it's an element to the business that on its own is not really going to do anything for you, mm -hmm. but it is sort of the central hub that kind of ties everything together. So it's, in my opinion, super essential. So if you're going to take some time to get your business right in a digital environment, you start with your website. I would say so. Step number one. Step number one. Figure out your domain name. Make yes. sure it ties to your branding and it's not super long. Mm. I always tell people, think about trying to say your domain name over the phone. Right. If you're like, you know, aerospacedesignandmanufacturing.com and your name is like Kenneth, you know, <laughs> It's like, can it, you, you, you get it. Right. But like, if it's like, you know, for us, like yeah. Francis Roy. And then like, mm -hmm. my company is called Apex Web Solutions, but I didn't buy that whole domain name. I bought goapex.io. Which I love. I think is smart. Talk to me about the dot .io. So all those different endings, in, in a couple of years ago, you know, in the recent past, it used to matter. Like mm -hmm. .com used to matter from, from the Google perspective. But nowadays, it, it doesn't matter what your domain ends in. In my case... The I.O. really means nothing except that tech companies like to use it for, okay. like, um, for sort of like, you know, hip sort of tech businesses. Yeah. But um, to be perfectly honest, GoApex.com was taken. So I just bought GoApex.io. <laughs> well, and I, I think for some people that feels like a, a ch they're just be like, no, I just got to change the whole name. But you're just kind of reiterating, re reiterating something I feel like is really important is like 
the 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 domain is your business. Mm-hmm. So really, what comes after that? You can train people. It's more like how do you get them to your business name as quickly as possible? Exactly. And mm-hmm. people ask me like, well, my my dot com is not available, but dot net is. I'm like, take it. It doesn't yeah. it doesn't matter. It's just people might accidentally type it in, but most yeah. people are going to be coherent enough to see on your business card it's dot net instead of dot com. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times what I've seen is eventually the .com will come available and you can buy it. Mm. Or if your business grows enough that you need it, you by that time can afford it. Yeah, you can just make an offer if somebody else owns it or whatever. Yeah. We, um, there's a really great design firm in Defuniac Springs and their web address is like mvr.design, mm. which I feel like is a really smart because it, it also defines what you do. Mm-hmm. So that just makes more sense just in the brain. The .io is a tech and you're a technology guy. Yeah. So that totally makes sense to me. For sure. When we were naming Francis Roy, which is my grand, you know, my grandparents combined because they're just like amazing people. Yeah. I was just scooping up everything Francis Roy I could. And it really honestly was a key component in what we named our business. It, it, it honestly, like before you've even decided on the name, yes. you have to figure out is the website URL available? It's exactly. so essential. Well, and you and I have worked together with the Maddie Kelly Arts Foundation. You are because we did acquire you. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You still owe me. Um, uh, not, that was not my doing. It was Dion's. But um, they their old domain was MaddieKellyArtsFoundation.org. And we all internally had been referring to it as MKF for so long. Right. It was like... I don't, let's just see if it's available. MKAF.org was available. Now we had some other things. It's probably a totally different podcast that we had to work with together. But, um, and now it's like when we're designing anything for them, it's just so easy to put the website, to make it bolder, to make it big and, you know, really communicate to their audience. This is just the easiest way to get tests and you can remember it. Imagine trying to fit that on a business card. And if your name is like Deborah or something, yeah. and you have to fit that whole string, it's an, it's just crazy. And then, yes. like you said, the that that limits what you can do with the design so much. Mm-hmm. Not just the space component, but the design of having this long string of characters. Yes. So you're you're totally right about that. It's almost a precursor to the name. Right. But you can also be totally creative with it too. Like, like thinking about, it, you know, I use that like aerospacemanufacturinganddesign.com. That's a real domain. One of my friends and I have this funny goof where we, we share super long domains back and forth of real websites, and it's become a running joke because he's also a web developer too. But That's awesome. Um, but that's a real one that I, I came across. And if, if I was advising them, I would have say, said, write that down and find a variation, aerospacemnd.com. Or yeah. like some some variation like that. Yes. So anyway, to the point that like this applies to your business, that's totally a precursor to mm. even starting on the website. You know, emails, anything like yeah. that is step number one. Yeah, it was for me. It was like, okay, can we get this URL? What about the social tags? Mm-hmm. Can we make and that's and really one. kind of the one thing that I wish is our Twitter is like Francis Roy team because we couldn't get at Francis Roy kills me, you know. But the consistency is so important because when you think about it from a branding perspective, how nice would it be just to have all the social icons and then at and then their your tags are all the same thing. Yeah. Your website matches. The consistency really makes it easy and it really helps people from a neuromarketing perspective to absorb it on a brain level. Yes. Yes. Um, totally. Oh, gosh. Okay. Well, I feel like we talk about that all the time, but... I'm totally on the same page. Okay. I want to talk about myths. Yes. Website myths. There's a ton. What is your favorite one? 
I would say to your point earlier that you don't need one anymore. Yeah. That that definitely is uh, a a total myth, and I think it kind of comes down to like I picture this Venn diagram in my head of like design, functionality, and cost. Yeah. And it's like you really can't have all three. Like you have design and functionality at the the not detriment. What's the word? Mm-hmm. You know, sort of the the leaving cost out of the equation. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really what it comes down to is cost for people. But the fact that there's a perception that Facebook is good enough. Like if I if I find a business that that I'm looking for and they don't have a website, mm. I subconsciously question. Like I know, uh, are they credible? Yeah. Are they a real business? Why don't they have a website? I start to wonder. Right. Especially with the the landscape that we have with all the the site builder websites like Squarespace and Wix. It's so mm-hmm. cheap. Throw up a one page website with yes a couple of reviews, a phone number, and some pictures, and I'll I'll instantly give you much more credibility than I would without it. That's a great tip. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. When I when people come to me, you know, I'm I'm certainly not the cheapest mm-hmm. option. There's plenty of people that that will do it for a lot less than than I will, and sometimes it makes sense for businesses. Like mm-hmm. if it's a if it's a smaller company and and let's say it's like a you know pool cleaning service or something, the the value that I'm going to bring with just a website mm-hmm. doesn't make sense for like a one man pool cleaning operation. Mm. But he can go spend an evening on Squarespace, put put something together that looks decent, mm-hmm. and it's going to cost him twenty dollars. That's, I think that's Wix.com's actual commercial. Really? Well, it's the bike. It's the guy with the bike. He's like, I oh, have yeah. a bike shop. Yep. And he just puts a picture of a bike on there. And it's like, it's it's literally that easy. Unless you want your website to do more for you. Exactly. So that's yeah. why I mentioned it's like design, functionality, and cost. Mm-hmm. Like the design and cost tie in together. Cost and functionality kind of tie in together. Mm-hmm. And, and really the design is something that should never be left to the wayside. Right. But in terms of the, the functionality, like... Squarespace and Wix and those sites are like fantastic for that that value proposition, mm-hmm. but you're stuck in their little box and their little ecosystem. It's like mm. here's the things we'll let you do, and then if you want something more, sorry, you're gonna have to, you know, reinvent the wheel again. Well, I think that's what I love so much about your formula. You, you use the WordPress platform, but you do custom sites on the WordPress platform. Mm-hmm. There are so many more options. I think that way. Tons and. No matter how simple a client of ours thinks their website needs to be, six months down the road, they'll ask for something that you just need the flexibility. And I think offering yourself agility in the very beginning really helps set you up for success because there's nothing more frustrating than having to move your site from one platform to the next. Especially if you're going from something like Squarespace or Wix into Mm -hmm. WordPress, it's not going to translate. You're going to have to completely rebuild it. Yeah. And so you might as well start with WordPress anyway. So let me sort of qualify what I said earlier about encouraging you to go do that. Mm-hmm. If you have a little bit of extra time and patience and and let's say, you know, $100 to start off with and maybe 15 bucks a month for decent hosting, mm-hmm. start in WordPress for sure. Yeah. Because you're going to get so much further and when when the day comes that you decide I want online booking or I want to sell online classes or any number of things, pretty much anything you can think of, a plugin already exists for WordPress. Yeah. You pop it in and it's connected. Rather than thinking, well, it doesn't it doesn't integrate with Wix or Squarespace, and mm-hmm. now I'm stuck. I can't can't do it, so I got to find some, you know, workaround that just is not cohesive. I think that's such good advice. And for me, your story is so interesting, Jonathan, because you're self taught, and we you know talk to a lot of students who maybe want to work on websites eventually when they get out of college or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
um, this is not something I prepped you with, but <laughs> what do you think about, what advice would you give them? Like, just go ahead and start maybe even getting into WordPress and building a, a yes. site and just yes. start playing around with stuff? Absolutely. So Yeah. Um, Cheaper than college? Yes. Go to college, kids. <laughs> I, I would encourage it. Yes, definitely, <laughs> right. do. definitely do. Unless it's not for you. And then go to a technical school, which we have a, um, a client that's the career and technical education program for Okaloosa County. And I think those technical tracks, I mean, that's where the future of businesses like mine, that's where my people are going to come yes. from. Yes, yes, definitely. Yeah. So to your point about kind of that, like, balance between how to get started and schooling and stuff. Mm-hmm. I am and totally an advocate for going to school, Yeah. although it's certainly not a requirement. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is, though, like if you're going to do it, if you're going to work for yourself, be a freelancer and eventually build what I would consider an agency, yeah. then you totally don't need school. But mm-hmm. if you're going to go work for uh, a decent sized organization, especially one that has uh, a web team already, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pretty sure that they're going to expect you to have probably a bachelor's degree at the least. Right. Um, so I guess it kind of depends on what track you're, you're going to go down. But like mm-hmm. you said, I mean, everything I've done is completely self-taught. There's tons of online courses these days. Obviously, you can learn anything you want with YouTube. Crazy, I know. So much free content. You have a YouTube channel. I do, I do, Okay, yeah. I'll plug it. So I have <laughs> a YouTube channel specifically around the framework that we use in WordPress called Oxygen. Mm-hmm. The channel is called Permaslug, which is kind of a play on words of like, Permalink, which is a WordPress thing, and then slug, like URL. Mm-hmm. So just a silly plan words that most people would never get. But um, So subscribe, because yes. you have so much great content there. Yeah. yeah. So I've, I've been doing it for about a year and a half, mm-hmm. and um, just recently broke 1,000 subscribers, which is a monumental achievement. That's awesome. And um, thank Congrats. you. So that's a really cool platform, and mm-hmm. those are the sorts of resources that are out there for, for people to learn, for, mm-hmm. for you listening to learn. And to give you an idea of how I got started, prior to me leaving that other company that I was talking about, I was building websites for people, friends and family on the side. Mm-hmm. I built one for this like video game team that I used to be a part of, like cool. kind of like an early esports team that was free. And and I used at the time it was Weebly. I used Weebly to build. Oh that site. yeah, okay. And and that was terrible, but it worked. It functioned, and mm-hmm. and that was my first foray into like air quotes web design. Mm-hmm. And then um, later on, it became. My brother and a couple of his friends used to have a coffee shop and kind of help them on some stuff. And then uh, just just little things like that. And then yeah. the very first client I ever worked with, I charged them $300, which was it's like laughable to me now. And, and the product that <laughs> they that. got was terrible. It was worth $300 and that's about it. Yeah. But it was my first client and it was a really great learning experience. Mm-hmm. I figured out there's just so much more to learn. Like you just have yeah. to start somewhere. And yeah. Even if you do it for free, I would discourage people from doing free work of any kind, really. Agreed. And um, Your time is valuable. Extremely. Even if you're learning. I wholeheartedly agree. Like, yep. when when a bid comes through and they're asking for spec work mm-hmm. for free, I'm, I'm just throwing it away. It's yeah. not even worth the time. I totally agree. Because even though you're learning, they're asking you because they can't do it. Exactly. One. And you know more than them. I mean, a couple things that really stood out to me, you know... I love the the track of people who are starting their own thing. And I mean, our whole podcast is about that. You know, people who are starting their own businesses, usually they're creative businesses. Someone once told me you can never truly build wealth if you work for someone else, even though the struggle and the, uh, the struggle is real on the owning your own business Absolutely. side for sure. But you have so much more flexibility. The ability to say no is so powerful to look at, like you're saying, like a bid where somebody's like, well, I just want this for free. Or I would be wary of someone that said, hey, 
totally do this to build your portfolio. They're not looking out for you. Uh, They're looking out for themselves. And um, I just said so many great things that you said. It's such good advice, I think. Yeah, I just think about like, like walking through that journey of like stepping out from the old job, like day one, just totally sort of unaware of the things I don't know. Right. And, and how easily, like people are expecting you to come to them as the expert. And like that leverage shift is just so monumental. It took me a long time to figure out like, Mm -hmm. I, I have the experience and the knowledge and, and all the bits to this puzzle that they're looking to solve. And when I'm sort of like setting myself to be like, Mm. underneath or inferior to these other business owners you've already lost it's right. like you have to go in even if you're not even sure like what exactly it is that they need or what it's going to cost mm-hmm. like you know how to solve it and you're just going to go figure it out on the back end like yeah i was never really concerned with how many billable hours is this going to take me like right. i'm Same. just going to figure it out and if i if i lose on this one i'll make it up next time and then every other time after that well, in, in the very beginning, I mean, billable hours wasn't even a thing for no, us. No, Because you're just, like, you know, working in the middle of the night trying to get it done. I mean, certainly now we have our efficiencies down, so, you know, we do have, like, different ways that we charge our clients. But I, if it's something that you know, it's something that you can offer, it's something that someone will actually pay you for, and they're already asking you. My, yes. my least favorite question right now is, can I pick your brain? No, you can't. Sorry. No, no. Go to my YouTube channel. <laughs> you can subscribe. Yes. You can subscribe to my podcast. And that's not an unkind thing, but I think we should all be treating each other that way. Is, you know, your time is value, valuable, my time is valuable, and if I'm about to build a business on the knowledge you're going to share with me, um, there is a certain amount of integrity and respect that needs to flow both ways. Exactly. And think about, mm-hmm. you don't get to go to your attorney and say, can I pick your brain? Can He's you going to say, Sure but it'll cost you $250 an hour. Right. And I'm gonna bill you for every five minute increment of that. Right. And you don't need to be that hardcore, but mm-hmm. um, what I, I used to offer kind of like free SEO analysis and consultations. And I was finding probably like more than half of the people that I would do these for would never become clients. Mm-hmm. And, and now that I've started charging, even just a basic hour of labor, I've qualified people instantly by, are they taking me seriously? Yeah. Um, That's something I need to hear, Jonathan. I mean, the, I need to hear that as an individual. You just taught me that. Thank you. <laughs> the, the free analysis thing, it's like people would argue it's a hook to get people. I would think that it brings a lower quality of client. That's something that I've worked totally for agree. from the very beginning is I don't want to scrape the bottom. I want to mm. like try to pull in that upper echelon. And I've always, I'm still figuring out how to do that. So and wise. It's, it's like. It's, it comes down to costs and how you present yourself and, mm-hmm. um, and there's, you don't need like any fancy, like graphic design artwork or anything to leave with people. It's just you, like, be a nice person and just be a good person. Do what you say you're going to do. Call people back. What a concept. Yeah. So that, that brings up another point that I wanted to mention the mm-hmm. idea of communication and calling people back. I've talked to quite a few people who want to get started in, in you know, our creative space. doesn't necessarily mean websites. It could be Anything. social media or graphic design or whatever. And everyone says, well, you know, I can't leave my job yet, but I don't have enough work, and I also don't have enough time in the day. There's all these different variables that, that you know, like the pieces don't quite fit yet. Right. And what I always try to encourage people to do is, like, if you're just communicating effectively, people don't really care when you get it done. Like... If you can take that hour on your lunch break to go respond to your emails and call people back, the fact that you don't pick up the phone at 3.30 in the afternoon, people aren't going to care about as long as you're keeping that line of communication Mm -hmm. open. And 
then what, what I found with that was it was really discouraging to miss calls from, from people in the early days when I still worked at that other company, mm. but I knew I couldn't, I couldn't answer it in the middle of the day and, you know, try to hide. But eventually it started to pick up and, and then I realized, okay, I'm not quite replacing my income from my day job, mm-hmm. but this is at least enough that I'm not going to starve and I'm not going to get evicted from my apartment. <laughs> Which is um, a huge bonus. Yeah, that's, that's nice. That's, <laughs> that's nice. a big deal. I do like having a roof. I think people are, our clients are really great. I set up a huge boundary this year in terms of I'm only checking emails three times a day. I saw that, yeah. And that is specifically because I want to be as efficient as possible mm. for my clients. And if I'm just sitting answering emails all day, I'm not working. I'm not maximizing my ability mm-hmm. to be what they need me to be. And so, you know, if you were to put in your signature line, I return calls at this time, between this time and this time, I return emails between this time and this time, they will feel communicated with yep. and informed. And really, everyone respects those types of boundaries, really. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, if there's an emergency, they can text you that, you know, that's a messenger line as well. And so far, so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Mm-hmm. That, that I think that's the hardest part for people is that mm-hmm. initial step like yes. how do I figure out jumping which is sort of steering away from the idea of websites so we can definitely it's okay now I like it but get your website up before you do your day job <laughs> That's <laughs> make sure you have together. a landing page yes. or a, a, a hub as you would call it yeah um, okay so there's so much more I know um, so we talked about how much mo- oh, no maybe we didn't yet did we talk about how how you decide how much money you have to spend I have an opinion on this sure I'm, I'm curious what your opinion is on okay, so I'm in. Uh, I'm starting a small business, or I'm starting. I'm launching a startup, or whatever. How do I decide how much money to spend on a I website? Think really, it comes down to it's almost like an exponential scale with the size of your organization. Mm-hmm. And starting off with WordPress, let's just factor in. We're going to use the example of WordPress for mm. you know our pricing discussion here. Mm-hmm. Um, like you can start off with a really small WordPress site that somebody might charge you. 750 bucks for yeah, and that would be something decent probably uses a a pre-built template Which you'll probably have to change later, but that's a different, you know facet of that Mm -hmm. But for instance, there's a there's a a bid that I just put out for a a huge company and I bid $25,000 and I got word that I was the cheap one of the cheapest and so they threw out my bid because I was too cheap and, and that was me factoring in 200 hours of labor. That's, um, and, what a huge mistake on their part. They don't, but still, that's so interesting. But the perception is if you're too cheap, the quality is not going to be there. And then how do you know that $25,000 is too cheap right. if you're being true to the hours? See, that's the thing. So there, that's another another element to it. But mm. I, I've noticed that exponential scale in pricing. Mm. But it's not proportional to the quality of service that you're going to get. Right. It's almost like that gulf. They're sort of inverse to one another. The mm. price and the value don't really match up once it starts to get that high. Thinking yeah. about like, let's say I tripled that bid and I was, I was quoting $75,000. Mm-hmm. There's nothing in there that I would have really done differently where that value would have equaled a triple in, in cost from them. So anyway, that's another discussion. Yeah. So back to the point of, you know, what to actually charge or what it would cost. I think for, for a small business, let's say, you know, 10 pages or less, mm-hmm. a local company with maybe a couple of offices, you're going to get bids from 1500 to probably 10000 Right. That sweet spot being, I think, three to five thousand is totally realistic mm-hmm. for someone brand new. A thousand dollars, maybe. Yeah. But then that comes back to the point earlier of, well, you're going to be using a theme. 
you'll sort of be restricted. Yep. There's things that you won't be able to do. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I encourage people, build it yourself on Squarespace or Wix or Weebly or whatever until you can afford, you know, a proper bill that, you know, let's say $5,000. Yeah. And until that day comes, it's okay to have something that's not mm-hmm. totally perfect. Yeah. So it, it's really hard because there's so many pieces to it. But Agreed. if you're just talking about a standard website with no like, special bells and whistles, nothing like custom coded, mm-hmm. three to $5,000 is going to be totally sufficient. And I think that's what we're seeing too. You know, when I worked in destinations, we would bid out our website uh, work and we would have to get three to four bids or whatever. And, you know, you're looking at like, you know, a, um, a large city or something like that that's in charge of tourism promotion. We would get anywhere from $40,000 to $140,000. And when you line the scope up, the services, it's like not that different. Mm-hmm. And then so it's so difficult. Um, I think, you know, a couple of things just from my perspective is you, who you work with is just as important as yeah. what you need. Um, you know, is that person a good communicator? Do they have good references? Are they calling you back in a timely manner? Right. Did they offer you a proposal in an, an efficient time? Because if they cannot be efficient when they're trying to win your business, they're not going to be efficient when they're creating your right. business. And so I think that's very important. And I, I agree with you that websites are so critical and they're such a hub that whatever your marketing budget is, <clears throat> you know, as you're launching your business, you know, really focusing maybe 25% of that in total, whatever that ends up being on the building of your website, mm-hmm. as you're also thinking about branding, you know, which is way more than just a logo. Of course. Uh, your business card, you know, um, photography that's going to represent your, you know, just because in order to have a really good website, you're going to need assets. Yep. And, and things like that. So um, really just looking at it holistically as well. Talking but. about the branding component, the website is almost the last piece of that. It's right. like you need to figure out, like you said, your core values mm-hmm. and, and those kind of fundamental elements. That's going to guide the logo design and the business cards and the color schemes and everything. Mm-hmm. And that is what's going to help you develop a website that actually reflects your brand properly and looks good. Mm-hmm. But I, I was guilty of this for, for way longer than I care to admit of just somebody comes to me and they're like, I want a new website. I'm like, all right, hand me the check. Let's get started. Right. But now it's, it's completely different. There's, right. You have to have processes to pull this information out of people. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a great questionnaire that you do, right? Like it's yeah. a dis- like a discovery questionnaire, which Definitely. is so smart. I got the idea from <clears throat> the girl who actually did my logo. She had this amazing branding workbook. Mm-hmm. And so I basically just copy that idea and fit it into my business. So it mm-hmm. asks all the relevant information of, you know, like business hours and phone number and all that kind of stuff. But it has me send, you know, it basically pulls out of people like their photos and their logos, asks things like, uh, you know, give me your 60 second elevator pitch. Mm-hmm. And then there's a section where you add the pages that you know you want mm-hmm. and you put a little bit of content in there. Yeah. And then that just helps kind of blossom the website from there. Yeah. Especially if you don't already have one. Um, right. Well, those, I love people who don't have websites because yeah. it feels like such a, you know, a clean, a, a clean slate from a branding perspective. 
being able to work on the navigation of a site before you even think about the design. Like we always tell people, don't even think about the design yet. Right. You know, talk, let's talk about, you know, usability, where things are going to be located, how people are really going to navigate your site. What's the architecture? I love iThoughts for that. I use iThoughts for a lot of things, but just focusing on the wireframing of something mm-hmm. before, but most people want to dive in like, okay, I want my website to look like this. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's just, yeah, it's the last step, right? Um, well, Free sites, okay, free sites. How do you feel about free sites? Like free platforms, people are trying to build websites for free. Are they really free or ultimately you're gonna spend some kind of money with them? Most of the time you're gonna end up spending some sort of money, whether it be- Because you have to pay for hosting. Yeah. Yeah. So they're gonna like force you to register the domain through them Mm -hmm. or they're gonna say first year is free and then it's 20 bucks a month or something like that. Mm -hmm. At some point in time, you may even have ads that show on your site that aren't yours, you know, that they're being compensated for. So. Free, especially in the case of websites, is never really free. Mm-hmm. And that, that cost and quality are inverse to one another. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to get really anything amazing. And then, like, back, I don't know if this is still the case, but when I first started, you could do a free Weebly site, but it was, like, yourbusiness.weebly.com. And oh. that, to me, is just a complete, like, red flag. If I go to a business page like that, I'm like, yeah. Ah. Maybe not. I I think that's a red flag. Something else that red flags me is um, the free Gmail. So you'll do like francisroy at gmail.com. It's like, no, it's so inexpensive, really. Six bucks a month. I know, just to get Chantel at francisroy.com, you know, Jonathan at goapex.com. I mean, or .io. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But it's that little step pushes you from like this perceived value mm-hmm. of, okay, this is someone who doesn't really have their business act together to, oh, this is a credible living and breathing business. Yes. That bridge, it, you would just put in, it, I mean, it's surprising. It's dumbfounding how many people I see that, that mm-hmm. use it. And obviously it's it's one of those things that's like you versus the next person. If you have a Gmail and, and they have a, a branded business email, all things equal, people aren't really going to care, but it's that initial perception. Mm. I'm like, uh, just... That little bit of effort, I think, is a subconscious thing for me that shows that they care about their business and they're invested. They're willing to invest financially in mm-hmm. it, even if it's something as minuscule as, you know, six bucks a month for an email account. Yeah. But, like, you would never see a larger organization with an unbranded email. Mm-hmm. So why not represent yourself like that? Right. That's a sh- great advice to end our podcast yes. episode with. I would love for you to come back, Jonathan, and let's talk about Google. Yes, let's do. I I just feel like that would be a great part two to this. Now that we've got everybody thinking about their website and just the little things that they can do, and obviously you as a resource, if someone needs that service immediately, how do people reach you? So you can email me, of course, Jonathan Mm -hmm. at Mm goapex.io. Feel free to email me anytime you want. Um, and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. (laughs) I don't have specific (laughs) times, but I'm thinking about implementing that. Right. It's a good idea. And then, of course, visit my website and fill out the, the contact form if you're interested. And then, um, of course, you can go to the YouTube channel. You can ask questions and comment. I have people frequently that email my permaslug at Gmail account, to, which is funny. We're just talking about branded email. That's okay. But that's that, a YouTube channel. That's, yeah, it's a side thing. <laughs> um, requesting content and tutorials. So if there's something mm. that you see that sparks an idea that you can't quite figure out, email me and I'll probably make a video on it. 
I love that so much. Thank you for being here Thank today so and much. talking uh, to me and to our audience. And we're going to bring you back and we're going to, you and I are going to discuss Google PPC. That sounds fantastic. Because honestly, I want to learn a little bit more from you. So, so thank you for being here and thank you guys for listening. If you have any questions for me or for Jonathan, let's um, definitely gear them towards Jonathan because I'm just going to ask him anyway. <laughs> uh, please email me hello at francisroy.com. I'd love for us to start a discussion on social platforms about websites, the good, the bad, the ugly. Until next time, thank you so much for listening.